Every adversity carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. It's up to us to move aside those leaves, find those seeds. And when we find them, we will realize they're exactly what we needed all along to go up the next stair step. And my mentor said, when you get your head around what adversity is all about, and you get your head around what trauma and tribulation, all those things are about, when you begin to really, as wisdom begins to supplant education, He said, you will be able to embrace it and run up the stairs of prosperity faster than everyone else who's stagnant or static on a stair because they're coming from a position of fear because of what's happened to them. I'm Jamie Mo Crazy, and you're listening to Life Gets Mo Crazy, where we'll hear from people who either been through a trauma or helped someone else through it. Listen and learn strategies you can implement in your life so when a metaphorical avalanche slides you down the mountain of life, you can climb an alternative peak with the best view. I'm here today with E.A. Sulkovitz, who has accomplished a lot of things coming from a milkman's son. He's accomplished a lot of things over the course of his life, which is exciting. And what we're going to talk about is how that all culminated in the Givers University. But what we're going to do is we're going to start out by learning some of the fundamentals and some of the challenges that he's faced in some of his different business ventures. Because When your life changes in the blink of an eye due to unexpected trauma, sometimes it's physical. Like some of the people I've interviewed have gotten legs amputated, and that is very visible and physical. However, that's not the only trauma you can experience in life. There's a lot of trauma that comes from encountering huge struggles in business and not knowing where to go. And so that's what we're going to start out talking with, with EA. Welcome to the show. Jamie, thank you so much for having me to your great show. And uh, I look forward to being able to share with uh, your listeners uh, some of the challenges I've had and uh, how some of the things taught to me by my mentor helped me overcome those. And uh, love to be able to share with your listeners. And thank you so much. Amazing. So let's start out talking with one of the most prominent struggles you encountered. Well, I I have basically what I call my three biggest you know, challenges, if you will, I call them temporary defeats. Uh, one of the things my mentor trained, uh, trained me on at an early age was he said, get rid of the F-bomb. And I said, the F-bomb? And he said, yeah, failure. I said, oh, that F-bomb. <laughs> he said, "He said, yeah, that one. He said, don't say it. He said, because the word, he said, get rid of it. He said, it's, sound, it's so eternal. Whenever you say failure, it's like this eternal thing. He said, supplant that word with temporary defeat. He said, and you're going to have a lot of temporary defeats in your life. He said, but when you call it a temporary defeat, you're immediately starting to reframe it in a way that will help you get through it. Because first, you're calling it temporary. You're not making it eternal. Uh, and he said, you're going to get tackled a lot of times in your lifetime. And, you know, if you call it a temporary defeat, you get to stand up and you realize you got a first down. Failure throws you out of the game. So I had a, what I call my, I had three major defeats and certainly we could never cover those in our limited amount of time here. But the first one I certainly can share with you in the interest of time. Um, you know, I was, I was being trained by my mentor who was an amazing gentleman and separate from my training with him, 
I also had a business relationship with a gentleman. We owned a training company together. I'm from Chicagoland area. I live in Michigan now, but back then I was in Chicago and the business was doing great. Uh, you know, we had offices all over the Midwest and we were training other companies and, uh, you know, I mean, just re- re- it was doing perfect. And this one gentleman and myself each owned half of this company, 50% partners, right? And everything was going great. I, at least I thought it was, right? And so back then, it's going back a few years, they had a thing called a voice answering machine that sat on your desk, right? This is before, this is before voicemail. You know, they had a, uh, it was actually a machine. And uh, on one, it had two cassette tapes in it. On one cassette side was the cassette tape. And that was your outgoing message. When someone called, it would go on automatically and say, hi, thanks for calling, blah, 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 right? And uh, which, by the way, one of the funniest messages I ever heard, I still love even to this day. It said, uh, thank you so much for calling. Uh, if you are a friend, please leave your name and phone number uh, after the beep. If you're not a friend, please do all that before the beep. <laughs> and I love that. Anyway, so they just share that as a side note. I just thought that was, I just love that message. First time I heard it, I bust out laughing. Um, so you had this little short message. And then the right side was um, a 60 minute tape because the machine I had was voice actuated. That meant as long as someone was talking on the phone, leaving a message, it would keep recording the message, right? So I left my home for about an hour and a half. And I came back and the whole 60-minute tape had been used. I thought, man, this is crazy. Went, oh, some kids probably got a hold of it, which they did. And it was voice actuated, which means it would keep recording as long as they kept playing on the phone. I thought, oh, some kids probably played it. Boy, Jamie, was I in for one of the top three shockers of my life. So I play back this message and I started listening to it. And I could hear it's my, not my mentor, totally separate person, but this gentleman who I owned this training company with as equal partners. He was calling me quickly to leave me a message to call him back because I was not home. And I could hear in the background, because back in those days, you could hear if someone was calling someone while they were on the phone, you could hear this like beep, beep, beep in the background to let you know someone's trying to call in, right? And so anyway, he hit his phone receiver so fast and said hello to the person calling him. He never disconnected my phone and put it on call conferencing with him and these other two guys. And my machine recorded the entire conversation. So first of all, what are the odds of that? Highly unlikely. But wait, it doesn't stop there. The blind side is unfolding in front of my ears, literally. So he's talking to this other gentleman and they begin talking about the plan step by step on how they're going to take over the company and kick me out of it. Oh, wow. But but this is not, you know, and let me tell you, Jamie, it's a, it's one thing when you hear, you know, like a story, third party, so-and-so is doing this. But when you hear it in their own words, it takes on a whole nother dimension of, you know, uh, of hurt, you know, and hit, you know, you're just feeling it, right? Because you're hearing it in their own words. They literally, Jamie, go through the entire plan in an hour, which is the length of the tape. And then they end the conversation. I go, this is incredible. I just, I, I can hardly believe this. And I play the thing back again. And now, now it's getting to me. I think, man, this is just, I had no idea this was happening. And and here's someone who I thought we had a great business, great business relationship. Everything's great. And he's just flat out greedy and working something out with this other guy. He wants to take the whole thing over, have it all for himself, right? So let me, let me, t- let me tell you, you want to talk about a sleepless night. You want to talk about being blindsided. You want to talk about feeling betrayed, and feeling like 
there is no way in the world we put in all this effort and we did this together and he's just going to step on me like I'm a cockroach, you know? I mean, just what in the world? Uh, so literally, Jamie, I had a sleepless night and I thought, man, what am I going to do about this? And uh, so after a sleepless night, I came to the realization I needed to do what my mentor had taught me. I needed to reach down deep inside, reach down deeper than I ever had and make sure that my intellect was controlling my emotions. Sidebar, as my mentor had taught me, he said, as you go through life, you want to be re responding, not reacting. He said, let me explain the difference. He said, in the medical community, if you're reacting to a medication, that's not good. You're not, you're reacting to it, right? And he said, if you're responding to a medication in the medical community, that's good. You're responding to it in a positive way. He said, when your intellect controls your emotions, you are responding. When your emotions are controlling your intellect, you're reacting. And he drilled in my head for years, Jamie, be responsive. Don't be reactive. Be responsive. I love that. And then he and he just wired my mind over the years to make sure that my intellect had the ability to control my emotions unless I chose not to. And I found that to be true. So I thought, man, I'm gonna listen to what my mentor taught me. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna figure this out. I'm not gonna let my I'm not gonna do something emotional, which usually ends up being stupid on top of it, right? So I'm not gonna do that. So I came to the realization, which I did, the next day I went to him and I said, Jim you need to buy me out. And which immediately foiled all of his plans. And I said, not only that, we have one week to do it. I said, I'm going to be doing something with my business mentor, which I was anyway. And he said, and we have one week to do this. And, you know, of course, Jim was, you know, my partner in the training company and sort of threw him for a side loop. And I said, we got a week to do it. Anyway, we did reach an agreement. Uh, you know, I got a down payment and I got a few payments after. And really, Jamie, I thought the down, the few payments I got later, I thought they were gifts because I never expected them. Now that I knew what kind of person he was, right? I thought it was going to be the down payment and that was it. I was going to be, you know, screwed out of literally a, a pretty significant, you know, sum of money. So anyway, uh, uh, but here's the interesting part of all of it. I listened to my mentor. I made sure that my intellect controlled my emotions, following what he taught me. And the next year, I earned more money than I had in any previous year in my life. And that's only part of it. I was at an amusement park and I saw my old partner, my training company partner, from a distance. I was close enough. I, there was no question it was him. He was my partner. I knew who he was. And I'm looking at him. He didn't see me because I, I was sort of a little bit of an angle, but I'm staring right at him, literally. And I had already heard, Jamie, in one year's period of time, he had filed for personal bankruptcy. He had filed for business bankruptcy. He had gotten divorced. And as I'm looking at him, he looked like he had aged 20 years in the last year. I'm not kidding. And here I am having the best year of my life. So my business mentor, again, the, the, the moral of this thing, right? This being blindsided, being betrayed by someone who I thought I could trust that we had built this business with the gut. I realized clearly I had made a mistake and I had not discerned in my relationships. And that's really what we teach in Givers University, how to discern. As we say, we love everybody. I say emphatically, Jamie, we love everybody, but we teach people how to separate the person who we love from the deeds or their deeds, which we may not love. And then by observing their deeds, watching closely what they do, not what they say, 
Because see, that was the mistake I made. I listened to what he said, but I wasn't observing close enough what he was doing with this story that I had on the, my betrayal in business. There's one betrayal. There was more than one later on. But anyway, so I, I, as, as I began to learn this, I began to learn the importance of discerning in relationships. To there's, you know, we, in the business world, and just to focus on that for a half a moment, we have companies opening and closing faster than ever before in history. Mm-hmm. We, we have products being antiquated by brand new products overnight. Someone makes up something in their basement or garage and all of a sudden it takes over the marketplace and some other product was there is gone, right? All is happening so fast now. The only thing we have left, Jamie, is our relationships. Our relationship with ourselves and our relationships we have with others. And the one thing no one's teaching that I know we are at Givers University, and I've done a hundred over 125 interviews since last April on podcasts, different podcasts. And I haven't found one person saying someone else is teaching this. And that is, we teach people how to discern and how to observe, even by giving them free checklists to say, these are the things you should be watching for. Watch for these specific deeds. And when you watch them doing these things, you now can begin to discern, should I bring them closer into my life because of what they're doing? Or should, because of what I'm observing, respectfully, not nasty or rude or insensitive, but respectfully begin to distance myself from them because if I bring them closer, they're going to make me collateral damage. And I'm going to be stomping out fires not of my making. My stress level is going to go through the roof and my productivity's going down as fast as it possibly could because I'm wasting time on other things that are not of my making. So we teach people discernment in their relationships. How do you decide? It's like this one guy said, wow, this is really great stuff. I've read this book and I said I have to have five good people around me. I said, you do. You're right. It's a, uh, you need to have five good people. One question. Which five? And he stared back at me with his blank look. I said, you see my point? No one's teaching which five. What should you be looking for and be aware of and discerning? So when we say giver, Jamie, we're not labeling a person. We don't label people. We're labeling giver deeds. When we say taker, we're not labeling the person as a taker. We're labeling the deeds that they're doing as a taker deeds. So we teach people how to discern and then ultimately build their own community around them. Uh, what we call the giver's community or also the giver's junto, where you can begin to build around you the people and no one else teaches us how to do this. You know, there was a book out, uh, still a fantastic book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. And he does a masterful job of talking about the mastermind. And he talks about it from a premise standpoint and it's masterfully done, but he doesn't teach you how to do it. You know, how do you do that? Now that, you know, I, that all sounds great. How do I build a mastermind or people around me that I want to have around me? And, or how do I have more givers around me instead of takers? How do I do that? Not what do I do? And, you know, what, what people talk in, with these nebulous, innocuous swaths of information, right? So we've broken it down at Givers University into a very granular level. This is what you do. This is step one. This is step two. We've actually broken down the seven steps. These are the seven steps in building your own giver's community around you. How to discern the right people, how to invite them, what you do step by step so that you can have the, the happiest, most productive and freedom and greatness in your life because you have the right people around you. There's nothing that's going to influence our lives more today, Jamie, than our relationship with ourselves and our relationships with others around us. Business, family, 
and social included. So that's what we teach at Givers University. So if people are interested who are just listening and have not heard about Givers University, how can they find out more information about Givers University? Well, they just go to uh, go to our website, GiversUniversity.com. Uh, it's plural, GiversUniversity.com. And uh, join our newsletter. It's absolutely free. Uh, as soon as they sign, and it's on every page, they can join the newsletter. It's a little box. They just fill in their email. And we don't spam people. So they're going to get an email right away. It says, do you want to talk with these people? And then they, they need to say yes to that. Um, and then we engage. Within minutes later, they're going to get a checklist that's absolutely free. That's called the six arrows that takers shoot at givers. It's a great checklist and, and it's an eye opener. All right. And then about two days later, they're going to get another checklist that's called the fifth, the 25 do's. These are the 25 deeds. Again, it's a free checklist. We want people to download it, print it off, put it in your pocket, use it in beginning to discern in your relationships, because no matter what tragedy or obstacle you're going to have in your life, those people around us can make it a lot more difficult for us or a whole lot easier if we learn to discern who those people should be and how do we do that? So they're going to actually get this checklist as well. And then once a week, Jamie, on Thursday, we send out a, a short email. It's not lengthy. Um, and, and in that email, we give them every week a new relationship tool. They can add in their relationship toolbox that helps them along. And right now, every single week we have a, there's a two minute clip that they can click on and it's on our YouTube channel, which is also Givers University. Um, and it's a two minute clip. Every single week we're doing a new one, walking people through step by step. What's the difference between a givers community and a takers community? What's the next thing that you do if you want to build a giver's community around you? What's the next step? What's the next step? Literally walking them through step-by-step in two-minute sound bites that they can listen to. And we're doing all of this absolutely because, well, we're Giver's University. We have to. Uh, and, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's very, and it's very, very important. And, and one last thing, if I could share with just a quick moment, which is, I think, such a vital lesson for your listeners and people that have had trauma and tragedy and things that they didn't know how to get through. If I can share that just for a quick moment, is that okay? Sure. Sure. I interviewed when I was on the radio over two, oh, excuse me, over 1,000 millionaires in two years. All millionaires, over a thousand millionaires in a two year time period. And I asked them many questions and Jamie, I was looking for the common threads, the common, you know, why these thousand people and why today, most people, when you put all their income together in their lifetime, even today, the average person is not a million dollars. It's getting close to it because of inflation, but it's still not a million, right? So why are these people, I mean, what did they do differently? What I, so I was, I wanted to find that out. And you know, what's interesting is all of them had the following story, Jamie. They all had a time in their life where everything told them to stop. Their family, their friends, their finances, the banks, the political arena, whatever, the marketplace, all of them, not some of them, not most of them, all of them had that story where everything told them to stop and throw in the towel. It's hopeless. And they told me, and you know, it's really weird is some of them even use the same words and they didn't even know each other. You know, this is over two year time period, different industries, all kinds of things, right? They, some of them even weirdly used the same words. And they said, you know, I took the next step out of some weird, morbid fascination 
to see if I missed anything. Like I had to hit everything that could go wrong. Did I miss anything with things that can go wrong with the person? Because I had to hit them all. They said, I took the next step to see if there was something I missed. Because I think I hit them all. And they said, it was almost weird that how all of a sudden, when I took that next step, when everything said to stop, when I took that next step, things began to weirdly come together almost on its own. It's as though temporary defeat said, you know, this guy or gal doesn't know when to quit. I'm going to go and screw up someone else's life. I'm throwing in a towel on them. And they said, things started coming together. Even they, some of them said, even in spite of themselves, it still came together. And that's an important lesson because my mentor said, every adversity in life carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. I say that again because it's critical for every one of your listeners that are facing some kind of trial or tribulation in some way. Every adversity, not some, every adversity carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. It's up to us to move aside those leaves, find those seeds. And when we find them, we will realize they're exactly what we needed all along to go up the next stair step. And my mentor said, when you get your head around what adversity is all about, and you get your head around what trauma and tribulation, all those things are about, when you begin to really, as wisdom begins to supplant education, he said, you will be able to embrace it and run up the stairs of prosperity faster than everyone else who's stagnant or static on a stair because they're coming from a position of fear because of what's happened to them. He said, every adversity carries with it the seeds of an equal or greater benefit. Yeah. And I think something that's really important is when you're looking at your adversity to look at it, like you mentioned, with the intellect versus the emotional because yes. that's something that really affects people is it's so easy to see the emotion straight away. Yes, and instead, sure. what I talk about doing is taking some deep breaths, calming mm -hmm. your mind down sure, and then manifesting sure. what you want to do and setting attainable goals to reach those growth goals. Because if you just let your emotions control you, and I have to be honest, that's one of the biggest things that I need to work on is stepping away from my emotions. And so that's what I've been doing over the past couple of years. And I agree with you. If you look at every different situation because everyone notices when I was an X game skier and went and had a traumatic brain injury and was paralyzed in a coma. Everyone gets that because it's very visible and dramatic. However, there's been so many little stump ups of like different business interactions that failed pretty largely actually over the past few years. And to be able to look at those situations and not respond emotionally, but realize what is the benefits that I get from it and thinking of it intellectually, like you said, that makes a huge difference. And, you know, and I, boy, you, you've said it so pointedly and I appreciate your, uh, the way you've mentioned that. And, you know, really is, again, my mentor shared with me, he says, it's more about the questions than the answers. He said, the answers that we need are omnipresent. They're always around us. He said, most people get the wrong answers because they keep asking the wrong questions. And when they ask the wrong questions, they get the wrong answer. He said, so when someone says, boy, why did that happen to me? Why does that always happen to me? Guess what? That always keeps happening to them because yeah. their life 
it becomes, you know, our lives become these self-fulfilling prophecies almost, you know, and mm -hmm. we set ourselves up because of the question. So when someone says, like when I wanted to meet my mentor, I thought, man, how would I meet, how would I meet my mentor? How would I meet him? Where, where's he at? I didn't say, you know, I'm probably never going to meet him because then I would have gotten that answer. So, but because I realized and in, in my mind said, I know he's there. I, I've just got to meet him. And it wasn't two or three months later from when I started that, that I met him. So people ask the wrong questions. And when we focus on asking the right questions, we're going to get the right answers. Yes. And that's a big example. We I won't go all the way into it, but I do a lot concerning traumatic brain injury recovery and rebuilding uh -huh. your synaptic connections, which we know we can do in neuroplasticity. Yes. And one of the big things is that a lot of the doctors, as smart as they are and have gone through college, are building self-proclaiming prophecies. Because what happens is like in, in my case, my whole right side of the body was paralyzed due to brainstem damage. And the statistical recovery for that is still so small that they were telling my parents, you know, she's not going to recover. She's not going to go back to skiing. She's not going to live independently. She's not going to be able to hold a job and create an income for herself because my statistics for my whole injury were so low. Mm -hmm. And then quite often that happens because the people who care for you and are around you, your family caregivers, they will only go up to that brick ceiling that has been put onto you and they won't realize there's a way to go past it, which is one of the amazing things that most successful people have done is people put these ceilings on them and they know how to break through the ceilings. So with Givers University, you're around like-minded individuals to learn about the, you mentioned the benefits of giving versus taking. For sure. For sure. And, uh, and, and with our weekly newsletter, they find out who we are. We have courses, you know, we have online courses where we teach people. We have a, a series of courses called Give to Be Great. Um, we have proven that you, you have a better chance of becoming great by giving than by taking. Certainly long term, for sure. And, uh, not only to mention the, the myriads of rewards we receive as individuals. So they just go to giversuniversity.com, sign up for the newsletter and, and enjoy the information that we provide. It's all free. There's no cost. And, uh, we're investing in them and we want to do that. Jamie, thank you so much for having me on your great show. Uh, and for your listeners, you know, if you if you have someone that maybe is being a little takerish right now and you want to have a conversation with them, do the do a big favor. Share with them Jamie's show. Share, you know, do a third party and just say, you know, I heard this podcast and it's very thought provoking. Tell me what you think of it. I, I I found it was really interesting. You never know. It may open up their mind and they may start becoming a little bit more giverish. Um, and uh, this is a great way to be able to share with other people through uh, the great work that you're doing, Jamie. Thank you for having me on your show today.